Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV movies and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're reviewing Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's out in we theaters did, now. We we just finished reviewing it just, for like an hour. We just got off that review. Hot off the presses. Uh, we've got you updates on both Avatar projects, The Last Airbender and For the Way of Water, Mike. Mm. Oh, yes. Back in, back in the light again. I think even when the first Avatar movie was out and around the avatar show was also still in the zeitgeist so yeah uh, they'll always be with us i suppose has it never not been in the zeitgeist at this point i could not yeah. tell you um for that uh, deadpool 3 could visit old fox franchises mm. and more synergy over there at the walt disney corporation uh welcome Chris, yes. it's snowing for you, right? Yes. Winter's it, officially here? It has been snowing. It was uh, on Thursday. I had my windows down. I uh, was driving around because it was too hot uh, when I was at work. And now I'm just, it woke up to several, I would say a couple inches of snow myself um, here. It's, it's melted down a little bit, but like we are, we are going to be cold forever now. It's not good warm. <laughs> so I always, I always like to imagine we have listeners all across the globe, right? So there's, you know, somebody in a gigantic like Gore-Tex like, coat like literally inside of a snow pile with their airpods in like mm-hmm. oh, chris is complaining about snow I and i'm living it 24 exactly. 7 every day of my life <laughs> yeah and honestly i don't mind it uh it gives me a chance to put on my hoodies like i've got um, like a marvel sweatshirt on uh and some other jackets i like to wear but like i tell you what everyone else like everyone says when it snows nobody knows how to drive and everyone panics and runs out and buys up all the groceries <laughs> And you're like, dudes, it's the snow's gone. Like, I don't know why you're panicking. So it's just I had to deal with some of that this morning. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm over. I'm over uh, this, the people. They make the snow the worst. Yes. The sky is uh, literally uh, falling, but in little nice little flecks of oh, yeah. snow. It's it, been it's been a little chilly out here in Southern California, okay. which has been driving me to the couch a little bit more often. You know, I put a little nice blankie on me, and then mm. what am I to do? Well, I need to start flexing my playstation uh plus subscription a little bit more while i still have it on a discount so i, ca- I came across uh, a tweet the other day you know that might not be a phrase i'll be able to say yeah. in a was it a real one was it verified yeah <laughs> yes it was a real tweet where like somebody shared some fan art of kind of like a, a low i don't remember if it was low poly or pixelated um fan art of Uh like um, the Dark Souls universe or something like that or they kind of comped it up of what it could look like if it was like an 8-bit game and then somebody said, why would you show me this if it doesn't exist? You know, because yeah. they, you know, they want it. They want it so bad. And then somebody in the comments recommended a game that came out in 2019 that pretty much is side-scrolling 8-bit Dark Souls called Blasphemous. I guess it was a uh, very successful Kickstarter a few years before that, but then the game fully released in 2019, and I was able to download it on PlayStation Plus. So I've nice. been playing that the last couple day- days. And it does, like, you know, if it feels like 
Dark Souls meets like a 2D side scroller. It kind of feels like Dark Dark Souls meets uh, Shovel Knight, which is a side scrolling game that I absolutely loved. Uh, the difficulty it ramps up very very quickly. They kind of uh, get you into the game through like kind of some tutorial levels pretty easily. And then they do the brutal thing where uh, checkpoints are few and far between. <laughs> Enemies are really, really hard, treacherous mm-hmm. uh, uh, platforming. But I, I've always really enjoyed platforming. Uh, but we'll see how much I can enjoy it and put up with when I keep dying from like the same floating wraith every time on this platform. But uh, yeah, shout out to anybody out there who has like a game streaming service uh blasphemous from 2019 might be mm-hmm. on there it's fun it's very it's very weird seeing very graphic and violent cutscenes in kind of like that 8-bit style right it's kind of like it's very like beautiful but also jarring at the same time so uh a uh, a uh, 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 soft recommendation right mm-hmm. now as i'm at the very beginning of uh blasphemous yeah. uh, but because well, what have you been up to? Well, Mike is the only person in the world not playing the new Call of Duty, the new God of War, or the new Pokemon <laughs> game this week. Uh, all nah, three games from 2019. Yeah, all of them, yeah all of them, all of them. games that have just um, blo- like everyone spent their holiday money early on those. So that's funny. But I uh, was able to revisit one of my favorite television shows of all time that was canceled. Uh, six years ago, um, at C two E two called Aqua Teen. I, I thought you were gonna thought you were gonna say a show that's been canceled six times. Oh. I was like, well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, it was only canceled once, and it was canceled. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force ended, I believe, in twenty sixteen. Uh, much to my you know disappointment, because I actually got to interview um, Dave Willis there with the creator of the show, the voice of Meat Wad and Carl himself, and I was like, yes, we're gonna get more, and he's like, and the last season's the next one because of Cartoon Network. I'm like, well. At least David Zaslav didn't have anything to do with this because he is not fun. Um, but Aqua Teen Hunger Force was one of the few shows that was able to get a movie release, right? And we talked about this before. And Octane uh, Plantasm finally came out this week, and it is just um, an hour and 15 minutes of pure Aqua Teen fun. Mike, if you imagined an episode running along, this is exactly what you get. Um, and it, it skewers Elon Musk, it skewers Amazon. <laughs> all over the, like even even without his stuff recently they they had this in in works months ago right if not years and i'm like oh they nailed it on the head uh with this so a very very good um show and one of those things when you know when a cheap show gets a movie right it gets better animation right i think going back and looking at the simpsons movie uh whenever it came out the animation versus the tv show you always see that uptick in quality mm-hmm. so very happy to see that it was fun to revisit it Again, it's only uh, for purchase right now. Streaming will come uh, in 2023, but you know if you get a chance to check this out somewhere, I highly recommend. It. I don't think we'll ever get the show back, but you know it's fun to still revisit that with with the with the characters, with the voices, uh, so on and so forth uh, to do that. And then also uh, because it, it popped up in our group chat earlier, Mike. Uh, next week is the last week for the Great British Baking Show uh, episode of the mm-hmm. season, so. I'm like, oh man! Once this is done, I can finally start watching that Andor show Mike keeps talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that also has two more episodes left as well. Uh, that's not in our show notes, but that is my goal: is to start uh, burning through that so I end it on when it ends, rather than uh, having to catch up there at the last week. So uh, to do that, but yeah, Octane Hunger Force. Um, also been playing God of War Ragnarok, like I mentioned, the new Call of Duty, and then the new Pokemon Scarlet and Violet drop on Friday. So I am just. My time is just tanked for the rest of the year, Mike. I, I don't know. This is all I'm going to be doing uh, is playing those games. But uh, yeah, let's jump into the news here. We're going to start with some really tragic news that, that came up yesterday. Um, uh, kind of made the rounds, and that is uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the animated series. I believe he was also in Batman Beyond. 
and some more shows has passed away um, due to a, a battle with a, a long-term illness he's had. Yeah, I, I believe it was, I don't know if it's been officially confirmed or not, but I believe he was fighting a, a form of cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, passed I, somewhere in, in his 60s, I don't remember the exact age, but uh, he... Yeah, he, he looked like towards the end there that things were getting uh, uh, pretty pretty rough. So mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate when, you know, great people like that have to suffer yeah. for a, a, a long time. But I am honestly impressed for as, as, as sick as he may have been that he was still out there acting, right? He yeah. was doing live-action cameos in the Arrowverse. Yeah. Well, he, he was, was doing conventions st- earlier this year even. Yeah, uh, he was still voice acting. Uh, so he, he, he was not gonna, he was just not gonna sit on the sidelines and not do what he loved, which was being with his fans. Like me and you, we had a chance to, I guess, kind of, I, I, we did technically see him in person, but he was from, he was, uh, from far away on top of a stage when we went to see, uh, him at the Batman Beyond panel, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he was in when they were talking about like an anniversary Blu-ray coming out and he has nothing but admiration for his fans and his mm. work. So it's very, very sad to see him go. And it, it's weird too, because I mean, he's obviously the iconic voice of Batman and there's like a small part of in my head where I'm just like, oh, can artificial intelligence keep this yeah. alive, right? Can we can we get enough recordings of this and be able to keep the Kevin Conroy voice around forever? But then there's another part of me that goes, well, one like he is he's not always going to be Batman forever right. and maybe it's okay to let that go mm-hmm. and who knows there could be somebody alive already or somebody being well, born tomorrow yeah. that one day might be just as great of a, a yeah. voice talent so I guess it's always important to remember it, even when you lose uh, greatness you can obviously honor them yeah. especially when they're a very close character to you but you know they'll always be uh, uh, more emotional yeah. connections you can you and, can make to characters in the future. And it, he came, you know, he was a voice of Batman in a time when animation was kind of kind of in his golden age for right for superheroes. We mm-hmm. had the, the X Men, Spider Man, and the Batman animated shows all at the same time. So I know I'd go home and um, you know catch it on on Cartoon Network, I believe, after schools, or it might have been on. Um, was that like a Fox show? Maybe I think maybe Fox Kids occasionally would be on there. I don't remember, but you know that. And the other things, you know, obviously he's been in other stuff, but I think, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about recently is he was the voice of Batman in the Arkham games, even, right? And and everything that we've ever touched, pretty much Batman, he's mostly been the voice of. So um, it, it is very, very uh, sad to lose him. But like you said, you know, we've had other Batman... Uh, but that doesn't tarnish his legacy as, as a character in, in the history yeah. of everyone growing up. Yeah, I wonder if... I, I know that the... Um the uh the future of that dark knight show that was being pitched to hbo max was canceled and then it was rumored that it maybe would be hitting apple plus uh i i would i was just assuming kevin conroy was attached to that so i'm not um, i'm not seeing it on on the the notes here for him so he might have known um maybe it didn't do it then 
Yeah, yeah, maybe. So it, it is a little unfortunate that kind of we might get to see um, just the, the spirit of that character continue uh, yeah. without him, though. But that one that is one thing that's great kind of about the voice acting community as a whole. They're a very tight-knit group. They all respect each other's talent and work. So I'm sure that whoever they get to kind of come in and possibly replace the character or maybe even slightly reinvent a character will do it with um, a lot of respect. But yeah, yeah. very, uh, very unfortunate to uh to lose uh, kevin conroy man just absolute voice it's just crazy how like a like just a single voice yeah. can just uh i never would have known such a pu- i never yeah, would know what he looked like without life. the internet right like i would never have known that he yeah he didn't look exactly. like batman in real life because um, <laughs> because that's what I, what I hear so um i do know batman the animated series was it last year or maybe the year before it recently hit blu-ray right uh high quality mm-hmm. it's on hbo max if you still have that and they haven't removed it yet one of the two <laughs> uh so you can always catch up on those episodes um that he also did the, the movie the mask of the phantasm right from that as well so um mm-hmm. check those out and we're going to jump into another um thing that, that you lost a, a huge actor ba- uh, black panther wakanda forever uh the the first black panther film post um the death of chadwick boseman and you know kind of kind of carried on the same thing he's it's it's not fun to go in there watching knowing that you're not going to get to see that that actor again uh right um mm-hmm. that's you know it's great that it's a marvel movie it's great that we get to go see quality cinema but it's not fun knowing that the actor is not going to be there uh in the role that you've known him for but um this movie's now in theaters so if you've um seen it we did a whole review episode right before this so you can go check that out uh and if um and then uh, if not you can still listen to the first half we always mark our spoilers before we get into it mm-hmm. uh but i was talking about the box office with mike before this this movie is looking to make around 190 million dollars opening weekend which is second behind only dr strange in the multiverse of madness for this year um so that's great great news for that movie obviously money maker um you mentioned earlier the, the first movie was a cultural phenomenon right um entire communities were booking theaters for schools and and neighborhoods to go watch this to to see um you know for for, for the culture and, and this you know movie may not have that effect but you know there's still a lot of people curious to go watch it rather than um maybe maybe not in the same regards as before because of how do they handle the loss? How is this movie going to shape up? So um, we gonna, we can go into reviews a little bit. Our spoiler-free thoughts on this movie, Mike, if, if we want to mm-hmm. right now. And I think what we'll I'll, I'll just reiterate what I said uh, on a review episode. You know, it's like this movie, um, it's lofty. It's, it's lofty goals. It was an uphill battle. What do you do when you announce a movie one way? You lose your actor and you have to shift gears uh, in every other way as well like you don't just take the same movie they didn't recast them they didn't put somebody else in they they had to rewrite an entire movie about um uh, you know the, the not just the characters uh in, in the thing lost and grief but the audience and the, and the actors in, within the movie how are they dealing with this and i think it's a weighty movie it's very thought-provoking there's lots and lots of silence in this movie that makes you sit and kind of reflect that other films wouldn't do right they'd be probably a little noisier a little more maybe on the nose uh and i i do respect this movie what they did under the circumstances they've done so i i think it's a good time but there are definitely not the perfect never really not a perfect film but you know again to reiterate i do not envy anyone who had to make the choices to get to this movie made to this point today um definitely definitely feel for them but we do and i think mike you agree that they did make the best choices they could given the circumstances to get there mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, they uh, they yeah they they did their best. Yep. Uh, not only with the the loss of an iconic actor in an iconic role, but fighting the battle of uh, releases of COVID and delays and you know things that other actors were saying in the real world during trying times. So. Yeah, crazy, and so what we ended up getting, I feel like maybe was an obviously an outcome of all of that, but like you said, Chris, they did the best with a, a bad situation, and overall, I could still very much recommend this movie. Uh, there, w- there were parts that I felt like could have been a little bit better, but they, they kind of did what they needed to do, right, was to continue the mantle, push things forward, and introduce new characters. My single favorite thing about this film is uh, Namor. I love the actor. I love the character. The origin was smart, and I'm looking forward to see more of Namor in the MCU. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't say this, Chris, in, in our uh, in our spoiler cast review, Uh-oh. and this still this still won't be a spoiler. Uh, but we do get to see an underwater city, which yeah. I don't believe that that was something that we didn't think that we were going to see, right? Yeah. And something that I I railed pretty pretty heavily on with the Aquaman movie is I don't think underwater cities are very visually entertaining to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of hard to wrap your mind around. And if you want to render them accurately under the water, they're very dark and dingy yeah. and <laughs> more of the same in this one as well. I, I have, I've just come to accept the fact that I am not entertained by underwater communities, yeah. a very weird specific niche thing that you also don't come across that often, but oh, I'm still boy. holding that. Oh, I mean, we got one, one more underwater said, movie this year, I, right? I said, boy, do I have a movie for you to watch next month with uh, <laughs> water in the title. Yeah, um, we'll see, and, and who knows? It is called The Way of Water, but I, I don't think we've seen anything living under the water that wasn't specifically fish. I don't think we've seen Navi breathe in the water mm-hmm. quite yet, but yeah, still waiting for that filmmaker to crack an underwater yeah. city it, that I actually want to be in. And I don't think, I don't even know if that's possible at this point, right? I think, <laughs> I think what I liked about this one was more as, you know, um, again, Namor, they're, they're, the culture it come from, it, you know, they borrowed that culture. I think for Aquaman, it didn't feel unique enough. It's just like, hey, here's some shells and some, <laughs> some, some, some fish and stuff. And But this one was like, hey, this is the culture and this is where they took it under the water kind of thing. So I think I'll give them that credit. But I, yeah, I agree. Like, we, I want more. I want to spend more time down there in Talacon. But, uh, yeah, I felt I felt like the film was a little bit long with some parts that could have uh, been trimmed, but uh, the reception out there in the world uh, with the reviews have been very positive. I am positive on it as well, just not as positive as I, I as I wished going into it. I had, if you listen to the podcast every week, uh, I had very very high hopes for this film. This is one I've been waiting for for a while, so maybe my high expectations came into play a little yeah. bit. But uh, I absolutely love the locale of Wakanda. Man, put that in the theme parks. I wanna, mm-hmm. I wanna visit it. I wanna eat the food. I don't here. Take my fifteen dollars Disney to give me like one little Wakanda pastry or whatever. Like I, I, I want, I want to experience that. So, uh, looking forward to the, yeah. the the possible Disney Plus series that might be well, coming out of this. And then you go over to the Namor Water Park next door. Yeah, uh, so, so Namor you, Water Slide. Yeah, that's right. You get your get your your Wakanda City and your your Namor Water Park. So, um, yeah, but this it's in theaters. You can go check that out. Uh, again, we don't want to spoil anything for you. There's lots to be had, lots of characters to meet, and lots of stuff to to find in that movie. So it's in theaters. 
excuse me, the other thing about this um, is with news about Black Panthers, obviously, is that Ryan Coogler um, has been confirmed to be developing multiple series set in Wakanda for Disney+. Plus. We know we've talked about the Dora Milaje series. Um, there's probably several more along the way. We just don't know, right, in the pipeline. Um, so, uh, like you said, you really want to learn more about Wakanda, Mike. Well, this is your opportunity. It sounds like they're going to get some shows, maybe some specials, presentations, uh, one-offs, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, which is great. And I also, I think the other thing is, uh, I don't think this is the last time we will be visiting Wakanda anytime soon. I think I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to, to going there more. Well, let's get back into some some happier thoughts here. Less less people passing, more on, on news coming in here. Uh, and that's the Spider-Man. So the rumor is that um, it has not already, it is very close, Tom Holland has reportedly signed his new contract with Sony and Marvel for Spider-Man appearances. So this is great news. I think, you know, um, Tom Holland's been a great Peter Parker, uh, great Spider-Man, right, through his three movies and his other um, appearances in Infinity War and um, Civil War, I guess, when he, when he showed up. So yeah, um, this, this could be a good point to point to of those, what, two or three mysterious uh, question well, marks that we've seen on the MCU mm-hmm. uh, timeline that's been presented to us, you know, Got to wait till those contracts are signed before yeah. you can announce the next so, Spider-Man movie, right? So, well, the other part of that is I'm, it's, it's Marvel and Disney have never announced a Spider-Man movie release date. So that that's where the, the big question mark comes in um, because Sony does, right? Sony's the, technically the, the releasing company. And they've, they've never been on the other, I guess, timelines, weirdly enough. But even then, um, Sony can put it out any time and, and we would love more Spider-Man, right? I, th- I think that's mm-hmm. great. Where the... Um, no Way Home ended, I think, is a great opportunity, a new kicking off point for a new trilogy. Um, if, if if Tom Holland does this, he would be, uh, I guess, maybe the first character to, to sign up for two full trilogies, right? Um, Thor's had four movies. Everyone's cross-pollinated, but but title movies, Thor's had four. Um, this one, this contract is reportedly have three movies and another three appearances, so probably the two Avengers movies and another one coming up, Mike. Um, but this does not include... Disney Plus, uh, apparently. So he will not be in um, Daredevil uh, Born Again, is what a lot of people were, were hoping he would appear in in New York. So mm. I would love for him I, to appear in that, but um, if they can't get him yeah, for Disney I, Plus, uh, I guess. Yeah, I feel like previously, right, we were pitching Spider-Man for a uh, young Avengers, right? Because mm-hmm. when those rumors were kind of floating around, he was still in high school. But I feel like now, now that he's on the other end of No Way Home, he's gone through so much loss and uh, forced kind of maturity. Yeah. And he's seen alternate versions of himself. He seems he's he's going to be too, he's too jaded. He's too fractured, yeah. I feel like, to be in like of uh, maybe a slightly chippier Young Avengers situation. So uh, I guess and I wasn't anticipating him to be on Disney Plus. So yeah. now uh, now it seems like it's set in stone via contract. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the, the other big part of this, what's great is, you know, what what was left behind at the end of No Way Home, Mike? A little bit of Venom. So are we, <laughs> we going to get that dark suit for Secret Wars, which is where he actually got the black suit in the comic books? Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity and quote unquote synergy, if you will, for those two to line up. But <laughs> but I would love to see a proper, not Venom, but black suit Spider-Man saga, right? Um, mm-hmm. in, in the MCU, um, you know, the Venom movies are what they are in, in, in Sony. There's a third one coming. Um, they've already done Carnage. So... What what's left for them? How do they bring this into Marvel? I'm excited to kind of see 
what happens here. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, no one's, no one's sad about this news at the end of the day. That's was, that's uh, uh, did, did, uh, did Morbius have a, a line item anywhere in there in that contract? You know, no, no, maybe, maybe, no, no, okay. there was a book about with uh, Avi Arid in it that came out this week. He's like, he hates what Sony did with Marvel. Uh, he's like, why, why would they do Spider-Man? This, this contract was all about money. I'm like owning Spider-Man and making movies is all about making money. I mean, even, even his, dumbass did stuff like <laughs> you look at spider-man 3 right and the amazing spider-man stuff like he just ruined those so i'm glad he's locked out of these other movies mm-hmm. kind of going forward so um yeah i'm excited excited to see more spider-man i'm also excited to revisit deadpool mike we've been away from deadpool for far too long uh yeah i mean remember when this was just like a a, a previs scene that ryan reynolds leaked online <laughs> so we could all get excited to get the movie made um, it feels just like yesterday, right? It does. I remember that. I think we covered that in our show early on. Uh, but rumored uh, Owen Wilson will appear as Mobius from the TVA. Um, his looking character in this. So apparently this will maybe how they tie it into the MCU a little bit more uh, as he's popping yeah. through multiple universes or timelines. Yeah, it's 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 weird to think that um, the next Deadpool movie doesn't deal with some sort of multiversal thing to begin with. I mean, if, if you really had to try to make his, uh, his movies like canon in a way, this is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. But also his, his ability to break the fourth wall almost is like a multiversal power, yeah. you know, as it is, he is already aware that there are multiple professor X's out there in, in the little world. And you can mm-hmm. look out into the audience and, and say it. So I, I, I would yeah. say like, does Deadpool ever arrive in the MCU in a, in a in a more practical way, right? You know, are are we going to see Deadpool fighting alongside of our heroes in like the big secret war battle that they're building up to? I mean, does that make a whole lot of sense? I don't I don't know. Does he belong in a real grounded world, or should we just let him bounce around between multiverses doing silly things? I, I think I think we get him in Secret Wars. I think that would be really fun um, to have that character in there, right? And also, if we have She Hulk in there. Uh, who also breaks the fourth wall. I think having them do that together would be entertaining, right? Like, oh, you mm-hmm. can do two. Also, again, like you mentioned, the end of Deadpool 2 is him bouncing around through different timelines, right? He's literally mm-hmm. using Cable's time travel device to visit his old movies. Uh, and that brings up to this is that Ryan Reynolds wants to visit other Fox franchises, including the Fantastic Four, the original 2005 one, and the uh, Fan Forstic uh, one, which would be really funny to see him skewer both of those movies up if they can get I, some of those actors too i think they should just go ahead and throw in the 1994 one as well mm-hmm. uh because i think it would be great to see all of those uh ben grimms yeah. next to each other because they're all so visually different you know you got the nice polished cg one you got the really kind of cool looking practical suit and then you have the less good looking practical suit uh, yeah. I, I could see him making a lot of funny jokes yeah. about getting rocks off and yeah. stuff like that yeah, nothing that that arrested development already hasn't done right uh, for that <laughs> but i think there's also again dr doom and those is very funny like the original like the 94 one's very you know cosplay-ish then there's the mm-hmm. the movie one and then there's the melted plastic bag look from fan forsick um the, if, if, if it didn't even funny i think the 2005 actors right yeah chris evans uh jessica alba uh, Ann Grufford and um, what's that guy from who plays the thing? I forget his name. Uh, he's the bald guy in the cop show. Yeah, uh, from the shield. From yeah, the I, don't, shield. I can't remember his name. <laughs> well, either way, if you if you get them, in, if you get, I think those actors would be very 
I guess open to coming back as those characters, right? I think they were like, oh, mm. yeah, we know we were campy. We know we were mid two thousands superheroes where things were kind of going off the rails. Um, well, and and Chris Evans obviously is great as as well, both characters. Also, like you got Ryan Reynolds. He's at the height of his powers right yeah. now. He's who, buying he soccer teams. He's buying yeah. Uh, what what was the other thing he was buying the other? Was it a hockey team he was talking about purchasing? Uh, I think. Who knows? Who knows? It, Mint Mobile, Gen. Yeah. He's got a big portfolio. Yeah. Who who wouldn't want to work with that guy? Yeah. I, and I think you know Marvel's got money to throw at it. So, um, e- either way, I think if he wants to say, if he wants to visit these old Fox franchises, they're going to give him as much capability to do so and obviously if they're bringing hugh jackman back as wolverine this is this is a fun opportunity to do that so i'm, I'm down i'm down with that mike it sounds like you are as well mm-hmm. uh agatha coven of chaos is starting to film this week apparently they are they're getting filming on this thing already uh we talked about aubrey plaza being cast last week as the villain and there's a rumor that uh one of the episodes will revolve around the spell agatha is trapped in from um the scarlet witch Elizabeth Olsen's uh, thing. So we get to see what things look like from her point of view when she's in that um, spell. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, like we, we keep saying each week, we talk a little bit more about Agatha of, yeah, does that, that spell break, right? Yeah. Once the uh, the witch that cast it is dead or gone or depowered or however you want to say it. So mm-hmm. we'll probably get a little bit of explanation so, there. Yeah, I think that gives, uh, again, Elizabeth Olsen an opportunity to show back up as well, possibly. So... Um, yeah, I'm excited about this show. Very little is known about it from my point of view, right? Um, a lot of, lot of opportunity here to, to dive into that, that dark magic stuff again. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, we're going to get into some DC stuff. The Penguin show, Mike, is still being made. Um, oh, (laughs) uh, well, apparently the Batman stuff, right? James Gunn doesn't get to touch it, lives in his own world, apparently has his own producers, own budgets, whatever. So the Penguin show with Colin Farrell is, uh, being made. I believe it might even be in production. But apparently the series will exist after the original The Batman movie and end before its sequel, The Batman 2, which we know is in works, but not necessarily when it's coming out. So this might be an opportunity for them to transform this uh, Cobblepot into a proper Penguin character, right? Because they never call him the Penguin in the in the, the movie. Yeah, it makes you wonder, uh, right? Uh, that first, not first, but you know, the first Batman in this series... Uh, the Matt Reeves Batman, very grounded, very realistic, even more realistic than I thought Batman could be after watching uh, Nolan. So how do you uh, how do you do that with the Penguin, right? Is he just like is he gonna be like a collector, right? Is he just gonna have like a his own like little zoo and he just likes penguins and he'll just get that as a nickname? Or mm-hmm. no, are we gonna be strapping rockets to penguins? Uh, I don't yeah. think that's gonna happen. But yeah, you do kind of wonder where do you draw the line, right? How, how does he get the name have, penguin? Yeah, yeah. Does he does he does he put on the weight like you know the penguins known for very right a very rotund gentleman if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, th- I think there's opportunity for it, but at the same time I think you know Colin Farrell was a great character as Oswald Cobblepot in that show, right? Gangster film, so a gangster series would do this. I don't know how many seasons it would need to have <laughs> to to wrap it up, but sure fine by me. Let's 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 see some quality DC content. But speaking of quality DC content over at DC Studios, uh, the, they say that the new bosses, James Gunn and Peter Safran, are mapping out an 8-10 to 10 year plan with one awesome overarching story, Mike, is what they've been told. Um, that seems pretty fair. I, I believe you know MCU took 10 years, 11 years to get from Iron Man to Endgame, right? So 
uh, ten years is great if they can if they can fire on all cylinders, right? Wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, but you know, because I've never heard of the social media site before until last week, uh, James Gunn shared an <laughs> image of uh, Lobo. It says Lobo here, Lobo, the uh, intergalactic <laughs> bounty hunter, on Mastodon earlier this week, uh, which people are taking as oh, they're making a Lobo movie. Um, and Jason Momoa said, oh, they're going to announce one of his dream projects soon, and he's always wanted to be Lobo. Well, so do you see him taking both roles as Aquaman and Lobo or, or not? Cause he kind of looks like the character, right? Like if you look, yeah, maybe, or who knows, maybe they could be sunsetting Aquaman. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but, um, I mean, eight to 10 years. I mean, is it too obvious? Is it too right in our faces that the antagonist would be dark side? You know, it's basically the equivalent of uh, Marvel's Thanos. Do they yeah. maybe try to go in a different direction? If there was a different direction to go, you know, I don't know a whole lot about overarching big baddies in the DC lore, but it would be, I think they should probably maybe pick something else mm-hmm. uh, just so it's not so similar in a way of just kind of like a big kind of gruff alien. Yeah. Wanted to mess stuff up. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, again, Darkseid and Thanos were created at the same time, I believe, in the same era. And there's there's a lot of DC characters that haven't been tapped. And I believe there's opportunity to do that. And does it need to be a space person? You know, um, could, could it be someone? On, Bra- I think Brainiac's the best choice, but I, I don't know if we're going to get him over there. But um, if they're going into space, Lobo and Intergalactic Bounty Hunter, uh, pretty cool. He did have a, mm-hmm. a brief stint on, uh, what was that, sci fi show? Not Gotham, Krypton about Superman's mm-hmm. gran- grandpa. So um, huge opportunity there. And I, I think Jason Moby, if he wanted to do both, I think they'd let him, right? I think they'd be like, yeah, sure, fine. It's whatever. Um, Marvel did underwater stuff. They're doing it better. We don't need, we don't need Aquaman anymore. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so that's, that's over in DC. If anything else pops up, we'll let you guys know. Or you can just join Mastodon, whatever this is, and follow James Gunn. <laughs> Um, Indiana Jones is supposedly getting a, uh, series. Now, I don't know if this is like a TV series, probably a Disney plus series, right? Like that's, that's when we say series and it's Lucasfilm, but it will apparently, um, be following, uh, Abner Ravenwood, which is Indiana's, uh, Indiana Jones mentor where he learned all this stuff from, uh, and, uh, Marion Ravenwood's father, Marion was, uh, you know, his girlfriend, uh, father to Mutt. If you remember the fourth Indiana Jones movie, which people love to mm-hmm. forget, um, but you know, no one, this character, uh, Abner Ravenwood, uh, has never been uh, depicted in shows or like told what he did. So I think if they want to tell stories and follow him, there's a good opportunity to do so, uh, without recasting yeah. Indiana Jones and they have, op- they have like, clear creative control over it. Yeah. It, it sounds like it would be a, uh, a prequel. And yeah. I guess this does solve a little bit of a problem where Indiana Jones canonically, the character as of Harrison Ford is getting older and moving more and more forward into time. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like the the archi- arch- the archaeological adventuring <laughs> gets a little less um, interesting as kind of like science and technology improves, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so if we go back in time, things get a little bit more rugged. You gotta you gotta be more boots on the ground than you used to be before. So yeah. I, I I could I could see that working, and also you're detached enough from. You know, yeah. in, like I wonder if Indy would be in the show at all, like as like yeah. a kid, a young like, Indiana a Jones Chronicles. Like yeah. yeah, maybe who knows? But <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think I think um, they could have him. They could also have young Marion if they wanted to, right? Uh, as as his daughter, 
Um, but you're right. Like if they go backwards, you know, pre world, this World War Two or is this World War One? Not, uh, I guess not Nazis, but World War One era. They're fighting maybe before that. So I, I, I agree. There's opportunity for them to go to all these locales and, and visit older stuff. I, I'd be excited to watch this at the end of the day, right? I think I think it's a fun, fun little jaunt through time at the end for that. Star Wars, Mike. This is not Andor news, so pump your brakes. I know you're excited. You <laughs> like it when I say the word Andor. Uh, oh, but but uh, right before the show, um, this was news I wrote yesterday. Studio Ghibli was teasing a collaboration with Lucasfilm. Studio uh, Ghibli, Mike, can you tell us some of their their main works? Your your bigger. Oh, they made your Princess Mononoke's, your Spirited Away's, your po- Porco Rosso's, my Kiki's neighbor Totoro. Yeah, Totoro, uh, yeah. iconic Japanese animation studio yeah. that is kind of. Um, very well known for like i guess maybe not succumbing to the hollywood industrial complex right uh so when i saw this news that they were going to be kind of collaborating with lucasfilm and disney plus i was like whoa really i that's like very forward thinking for this kind of very old school animation studio Mm -hmm. yeah so they they don't normally do collaborations right you you mentioned they're very independent they're they're doing Uh what they want to do I believe was it a couple of years ago? Was it Earwig and the Witch was like their first like three D style movie, mm-hmm. um, kind of thing? But you know we we got this news that like oh they're working on something and they announced it literally, uh, and it's on Disney Plus already. It's a little a short about uh, Grogu called Zen. Uh, you can watch and it's literally three minutes long, very very short uh, thing. No no dialogue. Very um, a lot of music. Very artsy. Uh, you know the Grogu. It's the background is a static piece of like what parchment paper, I would say, and mm-hmm. all the animation is done kind of transparently over this. And he's uh, Grogu's dealing with some dust bunnies, if you will, will look like dust bunnies. So um, it's a it's a fun little short. It's very short. I don't think kids would be entertained as much. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, this this almost feels like uh, for for what it is, it almost feels like it was maybe. I don't even want to say built up too much because the, what the promotion yeah. ranged for what twenty four hours. So it's not like it was a big build it, it was, up. It wasn't promotion. It's like it's like a rumor mill of like churning yeah. really quickly. Yeah. But I feel like putting something on Disney Plus kind of gives it a little bit more gravitas. Like, oh, now here's a piece of content. This honestly feels like something I probably would have like scrolled past in like a social feed, right? Because it's so yeah. short. It's uh, relatively inconsequential. I feel like this is more of just like. This is more of like um, stepping your toe into the water, right, for Studio Ghibli. Is this something that they may want to do more moving Uh forward? I I feel like Disney Plus needs Studio Ghibli more than Studio Ghibli needs Disney Plus, right? They Mm -hmm. are kind of the prestige. And, like, Disney Plus is just kind of like, I guess, maybe if they want to reach, you know, more audience. So this just kind of feels like a testing ground maybe for both outfits. Correct me me if I'm wrong. Now, all these... Every other Studio Ghibli thing is on HBO Max. Is that is that correct still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like a, they don't a, like own, a parent yeah. company type of situation. It's just like a, yeah. it's like a lease agreement, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we did just see Disney Plus do that uh, Doctor Who deal. Um, yep. which we, I, we I realize now that we have done here in the show. Yeah. Notes. I thought we talked about it last we week. We did, but there's more, uh, there's more to come up on this. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, this could be a sign of just like, Hey, we're, we're Disney plus, yeah. you know, this is like, this is well, our kind of like olive so, branch. Yeah. Uh, let's get your studio Ghibli movies on our, on our platform. Yeah. And well, I think the other part of this is that the second bullet point before this was uh, that Studio Ghibli is rumored to 
to be a part of Star Wars Vision Season 2. So, oh, like, are they providing multiple Star Wars content, right? And and this is just one of them that's like, hey, this doesn't need to be in Visions. We can make this its own thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then as Visions Part 2 or Season 2, whatever they call it, comes out, they will have a bigger, bigger thing to show us along the way. Because, um, honestly, this feels more like a demo reel, right? Like, hey, we, we know how to animate Star Wars stuff um, and, 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 and really do it rather than a full, I guess, production piece. I hate to say that because yeah. it, but it's just it's so short. It's like when it's like one of those Pixar, you know, things you see before the movie, right? Where they did like yeah. the birds or yeah. whatever. Yeah, very very short. And I, I, you know, these 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 streaming contracts typically don't last very long. I would say like maybe like five to six years. So you know, the Ghibli contract started in you know twenty you know twenty nineteen. So. Um, if it's, it's, if it, if it's about halfway through its contract, you know, this would be the time to start courting that, con- mm-hmm. uh, uh, con that content. Yeah. I am, I am looking up real fast and there's one movie, uh, with no release date yet. Um, after your, how do you live? And Miyazaki, uh, Miyazaki himself is coming back to do this movie, came out of retirement to finish it. So, um, looks like, you know, maybe that would be a good, good first grab, wouldn't it? Right. First movie you have is Miyazaki's out of retirement film. This, so <laughs> Miyazaki, he he is a vibe. That yeah. that dude is like. Uh, it, there's a lot of like little documentaries that have been made about him, and he is like, he is this like old curmudgeon that is like loves punishing himself. So yeah. uh, he'll, I think he'll be drawing until uh, till the last very last day. Yeah, yeah. His last movie was, um, I guess, The Wind Rises, which I'm, I'm not as familiar mm. with that one. But like he he's done all the big ones, right? Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo. Uh, spirited mm. away so on and so forth so yeah um very very interesting uh for that so go check that out in disney plus three minutes we like so we just watch it right right before this uh we're gonna pull into the trailer park for a minute might get out take a take a take a break stretch your legs a little bit uh john wick chapter four surprise dropped a trailer this week i actually didn't think we get a trailer um and i guess i'll see it before my showing of black panther so that was fun um but it features um you know keanu reeves and donnie yen going at it uh, seems to be there's we're gonna learn about uh john wick's family at the table in this movie mike but uh delivers on all the the, the classic john wick stuff rain neon lights and fighting uh to the rhythm of guns yeah it looks uh, i i think the the main takeaway i had from this was i didn't get any sort of like narrative hint that this yep. was like the final outing it, of john wick i was looking for the last installment the last ride this is your final task john some something along yeah. those lines and I, I it wasn't anywhere so this is very much it's just part four so it yeah. seems like we will be seeing more of john wick after I, this i believe chapter five i said is the last one um so mm-hmm. i think knowing that but um I, honestly i mean with this, there's the ballerina movie or series, right, coming out with um, mm-hmm. Anna de Armas, John, John Wick, and then I think there's, I think that might be the prequel series. So John Wick uh, is one of those, I wouldn't say lightning in a bottle, but it's just like one of those franchises that's going to be everywhere for for a little bit, for little, like it's mm-hmm. in like 20 years of just John Wick content, uh, whether it's Keanu Reeves or elsewhere. But I, it, this is fun. I'm excited to kind of get back into this. I, he did say that the iconic line, "I need a gun to more to." Uh, Lawrence Fishburne from from uh, the Matrix, right? Because they mm-hmm. were both. In, he's like, I'm gonna need a gun, and it's like, oh, okay, that's the line he tells him in the Matrix. So uh, that's <laughs> that's really fun to, to kind of see that. So um, that's coming out 2023. So you can check that. We have a link in the show notes. The other trailer uh, while we're here in the trailer park is uh, The Witcher Blood Origin. 
Uh, so this is the prequel series that will come out on Netflix and debuting December 25th. I did not know this is only a four-part event. Um, they, I thought this was like a like a longer series, like a like an eight to twelve episode series, but it's only four episodes, four part events, what they're calling it, and um, uh, stars Michelle uh, Yeo. I, I believe she was the um, the main actress in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also mm-hmm. in Shang Chi. Um, so it looks pretty cool. I mean, it, I mean, The Witcher. You know, a lot of people are off of it because Henry Cavill's leaving after season three. That's not even out yet, but. Uh, that seems to be pretty cool. A lot, of, a lot of fighting, a lot of sword fighting. Yeah, yeah. The fan base is very uh, divided. Yeah. If you go into any of like the kind of re- the the internet replies <laughs> to these uh, postings, like they are just like you took Henry away. Yeah. Or like, it, or, and then people will say, no, he did it on his own choosing, and then they'll say Henry knew it was all coming, so he left. It was all coming down. So, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a mess over there for Netflix in this universe, but. Uh, We'll see if they can write it. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I think I think you know, not knowing, not having watched uh, season two of The Witcher, um, this this still looks fine. A lot of a lot of sword fighting, a lot of, a lot of fantasy elements kind of going on here, so looks pretty cool. And then, like you mentioned, Doctor Who. We're gonna talk about Doctor Who a little for a little bit, Mike. I've been rewatching um, Doctor Who, the 2005 series, with my wife for the first time, and all she keeps asking, she's like, "When are the Daleks here gonna be here? Is, is our <laughs> Daleks in every episode?" I'm like, "You just need to pump your brakes a little bit. We'll get to the Daleks." <laughs> Um, and, and we did. We finally got to the Daleks. But um, Disney Plus uh, is not only distributing the show in every country outside of the UK and Ireland, but is also helping finance the show going forward. I did not know this uh, until this week. So that means they will about triple its normal budget that they make over there in, in with the BBC for yeah. every episode going forward. Yeah, since the the, the BBC is like kind of a, a, a public works over there, uh, Disney can't just outright, you know, buy it. It's not it's it's not owned by a corporation. It's owned by the people. Yeah, which is kind of which is kind of aspirational, you know. Yeah. So the best that they can do is you know fund part of it and then put it on its platform. So yeah, this could be this. I don't really I don't really follow Doctor Who. It's not really part of my uh fandom but it is good news for doctor who fans this could be the mm. first time that they really get to see something this, really highly polished you know yeah and i'll tell you what watching that 2005 thing when they were trying to revitalize it that budget is low oh my <laughs> god is it like like i wasn't say embarrassingly low but like you can be like they're trying to make this work on like pennies right mm-hmm. um it, the passion of the producers are what's really getting it by mm-hmm. but i will tell you like this is going to put it in par with like they say like the mandalorian you know or like you know other shows of that caliber so i'm like that is that is great to know um that they're going to be doing that so i would love to see what that quality looks like on disney plus um mm-hmm. with that and the best part is with the disney plus thing it's a new doctor a new reincarnation so you can just jump in and not have to really follow the history of, yeah, of everything up that's to that. true Give it a shot. Yeah. So, yep, that's that's fun. Uh, Netflix also announced on the the, the anniversary, the 17 years or 16 years, uh, 16 years since Gears of War, I believe. Uh, Gears of War is getting a live action movie on Netflix um, and a, an animated feature as well. And I tell you what, I've never seen Dave Bautista campaign so hard for a role in my life <laughs> uh, yeah he would he would be perfect but it was is his name dom is that the name main character in no, the gears of war uh, uh no marcus phoenix is the main character. marcus phoenix. dom oh, is his, thinking, his buddy yeah i'm thinking fast i'm thinking fast yeah. and furious i think that's what i'm thinking uh i mean there was a time in my life 
where when Netflix announced an adaptation, I was excited. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, uh, sometimes they can adapt stuff with some ineptitude, and yeah. sometimes they can do it with some with some skill, and yeah. it's very unpredictable. So um, this could be cool. I, the story is very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I played a couple of those early games, so I'd, I'd be down to, to watch some of it. But this, to me, feels like a, a show that you can't just approach from kind of a straightforward mentality you know yeah. i feel like you need a very visual filmmaker like this needs to be very kinetic maybe even like kind of weird and like out there like i don't just want like a straightforward like dramatic it's, retelling of the story well and, and the, the 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 thing the, the game said that you can't really do the games start literally with oh emergence day has already happened like these mm-hmm. creatures have been coming out of the ground attacking people for years and you're just like part of like the last group of people or i guess war gears um uh, fighting them right and and that's the mm-hmm. name of the group so this game is uh notorious for being absolutely brutally graphic and bloody uh, mm-hmm. you have a gun the, the the chainsaw bayonet on the gun right is exactly is what it's known for so um there have been five main franchises i guess six there's like a prequel game that that kind of tell the story and i think you know marcus phoenix obviously he's he's a very iconic looking character these these characters mm-hmm. are like jacked they're built their suits are very memorable if you've played the games or even seen them so i think there's a lot of opportunity to do this but i think you you need like you said you need to have some of that freedom to to do that hopefully and budget but if they're doing a movie rather than um a series i feel a little more confident right with like red notice i put some money in that movie uh, mm-hmm. right with rock and ryan reynolds and gal Gadot. so i think you know they could do this again Dave Batista is literally, if you go look it up, he is dressing himself up in the outfits, putting posts on He's like, <laughs> can I make this any easier Netflix? I'm like, this is, this guy really wants to play this role. Like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, yeah, I love the Gears of War games. They're really, really fun. They haven't put out one in a few years, but um, do definitely remember that making the 360 a, a must-have uh, for a while. Avatar, The Last Airbender, Mike, your, your show, your one of your favorite shows ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they announced finally that the Avatar Studios is releasing and the movie, a feature-length film, animated film, in theaters October 10th, 2025, from the same team I that mean, made the show. I mean, I'm surprised that it's going to feature, right? This seemed like something that was greenlit specifically to bolster a streaming service, right? Uh, I love the franchise, love everything about it. I've never seen it on the big screen, so that could be fun. But even with as good of the show is, I don't think the fan base is big enough to drive maybe the box office returns that they would hope for. I don't think that's where they're going to find their audience. So yeah, I'll, I'll just say it now. I don't think we're going to be expecting um, uh, the, the headlines yeah. of, whoa, the best, uh, you know, animated movie ever to perform yeah. but i don't know maybe releasing it through theatrically right gives them the ability to be nominated for um uh, a, a, an oscar because i think the storytelling is is that good so that could be a great way to release it too and maybe um you know maybe they lean into more of the creative animation side of things and they can kind of tell something on the caliber of like you know spider-verse in a way you know that has the advantage of being spider-man so you can get you know just kind of you know quote-unquote normies to the theater but like this uh i i I don't know how i could explain to my parents how they go see avatar the last airbender in theaters like well you gotta watch this animated show on nickelodeon is this that james cameron show is this that james cameron (laughs) thing the anime i I think that's gonna be the biggest thing is having the same name is that you know the avatar i don't i think 
you know this this movie they said is focusing on the young adult versions of uh, mm-hmm. the characters. So Aang, Katara, uh, you're gonna have to help me out with the other three: the Earthbender uh, chick, Toph. No, uh, the uh, Toph. Yeah, Toph. Um, Sokka and the guy who has the fire, the fire dude. Either way, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but I, I think <laughs> I, I'm not the I'm not the target audience for this movie, obviously. But I'm gonna, I'll, I will definitely go watch it. But I think that's that's aging them up out of their right, right their younger teens or whatever is is a good opportunity to tell a more adult story as well. Um, mm-hmm. We know like there is a, a story later, the Legend of Korra, which is you know when she's the Avatar after Aang. So what does it look like? You know what does the world in between the two shows look like? And this is I think a good opportunity to tell that story with the movie. So um, again, I'm I'm not you know I I'm not lived this this whole show forever, but I'm very excited to watch it you know and see what's going on and then this is running concurrent or i guess separate than avatar the last airbender the live action show on netflix which i believe is done filming uh, its first season so um Z- yeah. zuko zuko's the guy's name there it is I have, I have <laughs> you here. got there yeah I, I got i was like i was looking at the uh netflix cast i'm like this doesn't make any sense but there it is <laughs> um so yeah so i figured that was good news for you mike and, and other fans of avatar yes. the last airbender uh, the other movie, Avatar: The Way of Water, which is James Cameron's sequel, uh, coming up um, to to his, I guess, movie, just Avatar, uh, is has a three hour and ten minute runtime. If you thought Black Panther Ooh. was long, uh, add wow. add thirty extra minutes to it. Um, that's that's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. I saw that there was a, a quote from James Cameron where uh, he was t- talking about the runtime, and he was like, "Well, we didn't really get to focus a whole lot on emotion in the very first uh film so it seems like he's gonna delve more into the um lingering the shots <laughs> shots that just like focus on on the animation and being emotional yeah who know? i mean that that latest trailer i got to see it on the big screen yeah. in front of black panther it looks it looks really yeah. really good uh i will will wait to see if i can reconnect with uh pandora you know that big that did big text that pl- splashes on the screen that says welcome back to pandora and i was yeah. like Okay, uh, yeah. I'll come back. The only Pandora I'm going to go back to is the one from the Borderlands movie that we've not seen anything <laughs> from. So I know that's coming. Um, I would I would say you know wait, I got to see this here, but I did not know this this news came out that James Cameron actually wrote another script for Avatar two called The Higher Ground years ago before this one, um, and just totally threw it out the the the, the door. He was like, uh, I think his exact words were like, "We wrote it and it really didn't do anything. It didn't surprise people, so we just tossed it out because and started over." with with because he started uh he started uh going down in submarines he was just like ground Mm -hmm. who needs ground i'm underwater this movie's all about water screw the ground i I watched that trailer and told mike i was like it looks like um titanic but on on pandora because like there's a scenes (laughs) where like uh, zoe saldana's character and another one are like under a boat sinking in the water like oh it looks like titanic very very close to titanic so i think we'll get some (laughs) some parallels there um but before we before we wrap it up, actually, I was gonna say, um, uh, seeing that in before Black Panther was great, but I, a Quantum Quantum Mania trailer before Black Panther was fantastic to see on the big screen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, very very emotional, but like and impactful. But I think the other thing uh, that I saw was like it was Creed three, and then Ant Man. I'm like, hey, that's King twice. That's King fighting <laughs> Killmonger. Uh, so 
Yeah, and he's also in another trailer as well. I didn't get the Creed one, but he's in like a World War. He's like in a Korean War movie really? that's coming out where he's like a fighter pilot. So there's a chance that you could have been in a theater and saw Jonathan Majors in three different movie trailers yeah. before uh, before your movie. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's that, he's taking over the cinema. I mean, yeah, as as King, so that's that's pretty cool. All right, Mike. Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap and keep it short because we did two episodes this week. But if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, my friend? Oh, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, TikTok, and possibly Twitter if it still exists. Chris, if people want to find you, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram, Valdan eighty seven, or or Twitter, Valdan V A L D A N. But that place is burning down. It's burning down so fast. If that's still here, stay in the next week. I'll be surprised. But uh, that's that's not for this show to talk about. If people know more about a show, listen to our Black Panther review. Anything else? Where can they find all that good information at? Oh, head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our show to get our awesome show notes. If you want to see those trailers we talked about, we have that all nice and itemized in our show notes this week. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you'd love to listen to find podcasts. Like us on social media. When those platforms exist or arise as a new, we will be there find us at superheroslate.com slash store to get merch and we love our super fans so if you want to be a super fan of this show all you got to do is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week folks that's right we'll catch you guys next week bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe